Makes me mad. Ladies and gentlemen, you're such a wonderful crowd. We'd like to play a little tune for you. It's one of my personal favorites. And I'd like to dedicate it to a young man who doesn't think he's seen anything good today. Cameron Fry, this one's for you. Just hanging out, hanging out, hanging out with the so I'm not like a kid, like, oh, this is kind of fun. Like, he's living his best life. I'm like, I'm an adult. I <laughs> he work, should be punished. He should be punished. <laughs> this is, I work full time. I don't get to call off. Hanging out, hanging out, hanging out with the family. Siskel and Ebert gave it a four stars. Is it Siskel? Siskel, yeah. Oh. Not Cisco. Yeah! yeah! <laughs> <laughs> And I remember a few times when I was younger of like faking being sick. I mean, we're all we're all adults here. We yeah, we're not going to be caught by mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not going to get in trouble. <laughs> please don't, please don't listen to this show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mixed Movie Reviews, and this is the beginning of our second season. And I'm here with my sister Isabel. Hey, what's up, guys? And my brother Singleton. Hello. And we're excited to kick off season two with one of my personal favorites, Ferris Bueller. Now, I watched this movie a lot as a kid. I mean, we had a shitty VHS tape, like just recorded from TV. And I'm pretty sure I wore that down. And it wasn't even the entire movie. Hmm. Like, I remember it starting when Ben Stein is like taking roll call for class. That was the first scene of yeah. the movie that we Yeah, that it, it was like static and then people were saying here and like that's where the movie started. Well, I think me. it's like an extended version too because I feel like there was like the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie went on for so long <laughs> and then it was like and now we have credits. Yeah. it's like, But it lays everything out too because it's him talking with his parents and essentially gaming out what the movie was going to yeah, be about before like a- that even happened. <laughs> yeah. You just kind of get thrown into Ferris being like this kid at home. You don't even really get that he's sick at that point. Cause he's already like fooled his parents. Like he's just already doing his thing like yep. throughout the day. Correct. So. Correct. So yeah. What are your guys's initial impressions of this movie? Do you want me to take this one? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, um, <laughs> This is definitely not a movie that I would put on if I had my choice. Like, oh, what am I going to watch? I'm going to watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't do that. You're um, but What? You're lost. <laughs> okay. But watching it, just his interaction, you know, he, he turns, talks to the cameras a couple times. But he has this very smug attitude about himself that right now I found off-putting. Mm-hmm. And setting it up as like, I'm going to have to watch an entire movie, and this is the main character. This is who I'm supposed to be siding with in every interaction throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. Really kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, I I see why people like it. Uh, it wasn't my cup of tea, let's just say. Yeah. Um I found it a little grating on my nerves at okay. times. There are good time, there are good moments in the movies, and you know we're going to talk about those. But overall, as a movie, I figured it was really kind of uh, like it. It missed the mark on a lot of things. It's mm-hmm. like all these events happen. 
the kid gets the best of everybody who is really just kind of doing their job and trying to point out like, hey, this might be a shitty person, but somehow they they don't get to that point and, you know, they just get bested by a suburban spoiled teenager. So, Wow, so I didn't know we had Edward E. Rooney <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> What about your impressions as well? Um, I did not like this movie. So like, what's great? Let's get into <laughs> so it. What's it. He's a liar. He's a swindler. He's cheap. <laughs> I don't like him. Okay. <laughs> Rewatching this as an adult, I think I realized a couple of things that are like are a little bit more adult. Like I was viewing. Ferris Bueller as a 17 year old which he is mm-hmm. but I am the adult now so yeah. I'm not like a kid like oh this is kind of fun like he's living his best life I'm like I'm an adult I he work, should be punished he should be punished <laughs> this is I work full time I don't get to call off like it's kind of like I understand why people are annoyed at him mm-hmm. but I get it like in a way but also like I don't because I didn't do these things when I pretended to be sick. Like when mm-hmm. I pretended to be sick, I just stay in my room or I get to watch TV. That's all I wanted. Because didn't we have a parent at home with us though? Yeah, we usually had a parent. Okay, so like, yeah, you're not going to go run it off to nights. downtown Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> just like in the middle of like a German American parade, mm-hmm. <laughs> like living my best life. Mm-hmm. But it's like these things, like, and also like not a lot of my friends had cars. So it's not like yeah. we could all call off, like <laughs> skip school the same day and like roam around Columbus. So you didn't like this movie because you I didn't couldn't, get to do those. You things. couldn't do what Ferris <laughs> did in a movie. I I just really didn't like his character. Mm-hmm. Pretty okay. much everyone else was fine except for Ferris, which this is the whole story. He's he lied to everyone. He tries to escape like reality. Like it's just. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we, you and I are going all in on this as far as, like, we obviously don't feel the same way about this movie as you, Taylor. That's for damn sure. So let's just, <laughs> like, we might as well just open it up. Like, Ferris is very manipulative through yes. this entire movie, especially of Cameron and of Sloan, pretty much all the adults he manipulates. And unfortunately, that's the part that you missed when you were watching it as a kid. You were just like, oh, Ferris is sick. His teacher's mm-hmm. calling for him. But, like, watching it, what's that one where you say, um, the Saved by the Bell, like, Zach Morris Zach is Morris. trash, Zach where they take Morris a Zach Morris is trash. Zach Morris is trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it reminded me a lot of that. If you took, like, a different look at Ferris, like, that takes a different look at Zach Morris, how he man- manipulates his friends in high school. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it, he's doing all of this for his own selfish ends, like, he wants this, so he's going to tell Cameron to do this. He's going to take this. And it doesn't matter who feels uncomfortable mm-hmm. as long as he gets what he wants in the end. Mm. Yeah, definitely understand that aspect. It's just like, yep, we're adults now watching a movie that's probably directed towards like high schoolers and stuff like that. So everyone is the most extreme. Like the sister is like, a bother but she's also like really awesome when she needs to be but as much as like i didn't necessarily i didn't really enjoy this movie i enjoyed 
parts of this movie. Yeah, I agree. Like mm. Grace, the uh, secretary of Ed Rooney, hilarious mm-hmm. through the entire thing. Ah, what is that actress's name? Eddie McClurg. Yeah, she's amazing in everything I've ever watched her because I in Portlandia, she's the assistant of the mayor, mm-hmm. and she's hilarious in that too. Yeah. <laughs> and she also does a voice for that as well. Mm. <laughs> So ultimately, you would almost be like Jeannie Bueller because in the movie, which is Ferris's sister, because in the movie, she views Ferris as this person who is constantly getting away with things. She she doesn't get to do this. She can't do this. Mm-hmm. He never gets caught. So, I mean, that's kind of the stance that you're taking is you, like you'd be in, on like Team Jeannie pretty much. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I would be... AKA a stick in the mud. A stick in the mud. <laughs> like, I would probably be that just because i am the sister but it's like to her lengths like i would not go into her lengths of like getting back at my brother or caring that much mm-hmm. yeah it's just kind of like she's on a ramp she's on like a more like rivalry like i get it why she's on this rampage mm-hmm. to like prove but i there's other aspects of <laughs> What is it like? Ed Rooney is on a rampage for the last four years. He's a prin- he's a principal. Of the he's high the, school. Yeah. like the dean of students. Yeah, yeah, and he's just like on a rampage for the last four years mm-hmm. over of, this one kid. Over this one kid, and you're like, I wish they kind of said like what he did to make Ed Rooney hate him. It's probably just yeah. his attitude. Okay, so we're like Ed Rooney. Like we don't like Ferris. We yeah. are. Yeah, we are doing everything to stop him. So I can. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm like Ed Rooney, but I'm just saying that. <laughs> that remains to be seen. As, <laughs> as, as, as almost has red hair. And you're like, ah! <laughs> Starts calling you Grace. <laughs> <laughs> I am the secretary. Oh my God. Okay. Well, I just want to throw my two cents in there and say. Since it's your movie, yeah. We'll you guys you are wrong, objectively. And you guys should see Ferris as a force of nature. For other people's good. Because obviously Cameron is this very uptight, wound up person who needs to get out and experience things. But I would be uptight too if I had the family he did. Yeah. Which is why Ferris is doing what he's doing. Yeah, but Ferris... So you're saying that Ferris is the way he is because Cameron needs to get out and do things. And he wouldn't do that unless he knew Ferris or unless he had somebody like ferris in his life yeah okay so on that note mm-hmm. after watching the movie and like just looking online about what people said about it there is this fan theory that ferris bueller is actually in cameron's head everything mm-hmm. that happens have you heard this yeah okay that everything that happens in this movie is in cameron's head that ferris bueller is his mental projection of how cameron wants to be very uh, brash, outgoing, confident, always gets the girl, can do whatever he puts his mind to, which Cameron Fry is not. Mm-hmm. So watching this movie or thinking about it afterwards, I was like, okay, I can kind of see wh- why somebody would say that. But yeah. he has, Ferris has the family that Cameron wants. His mm-hmm. Ferris's mother and father love each other. He has a sister that even though can't really stand him, will stick up for him in tough times. Cameron does not have a sister. His parents hate each other. His fa- you know, father doesn't pay attention to him. Yeah. It it's everything that he wants. Mm. And he's kind of coming to grips with that at the end of the movie, but Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's 
I mean, oh no, I'm just saying it's a fan theory. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, but I mean, I mean, I know how fans can get about stuff and how passionate they can be. Yeah, but I definitely (laughs) feel like Ferris is just kind of like not necessarily like a Deus Ex Machina, like. Everything just works out for him. Uh, Ex Machina. <laughs> Every time. When that movie first came out, I feel like everyone's like, Ex Machina. It's like, I'm pretty sure it's not something like that. I think we what did movie? that. And Nintendo's like, uh. What movie? <laughs> Ex Machina? Yeah. Wait. We said Machina, and you're like, uh, it's Ex Machina. Did you not know that? <laughs> <laughs> it's also Tinsuke Market, that? not Tinsuke. It's literally the name. You just said. No, I know it's a movie, but what is it about? Like, who's in like it? Like, AI, uh, Oscar Isaac's in it, the older brother from Harry Potter's in oh, it. Oh, shit, that's right. Which I was like, I never know his name, but I've seen tons of movies with him in it. Like, Donald Gleason, I believe. The older redhead brother? Yeah. Yeah. He's Ooh. in a ton of movies yeah. that I've seen that are just like that hint of weird. Mm-hmm. So it's so it's funny that you bring this up because for anyone who's listening who has never seen this movie but has seen all the Harry Potter movies, it's like Ferris Bueller has taken Felix Felicis, which is like a good luck potion. Like yeah. everything oh, just works yeah. out for him. Narrowly escapes, you know, getting caught by his dad or Multiple the principal, times. and then like. It's and then everyone else is just like along for the ride. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, in a sense, that fan theory makes a lot of sense. But after he, like reading articles about what John Hughes was like, his intentions with this movie were well, one, it was just essentially like a love letter to Chicago. Obviously, Ferris visits like a ton of locations <laughs> in Chicago. Yeah, and <laughs> what? I mean, I just wouldn't have caught that from like this movie that it's a love letter to chicago well it's like john hughes movies all well most of them take place in chicago and they all take place in this fictional was adventures in babysitting a john hughes movie yeah it was was written by him okay i believe but it takes place in chicago interesting that's why the little girl like sliding down the diamond shape i'm sorry i don't know the name and that's why that movie is so fucking good i mean that movie's a good (laughs) i would think I haven't seen it in a really long time. Cohesive thought, yeah, and it's simple, and it but it's executed very well, yeah. So, yeah, it's like stuff he writes is always about like characters, like everyone's always like well defined at like who they are and like what yeah. their intentions are. And bullies in John Hughes movies are assholes, like always. Unfortunately, there isn't really a bully, I guess, except for Rooney, or maybe <laughs> the sister. I but mean, the sister's not really a, sister. a bully. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, I mean, there's not really a bully in this movie. No, but, but yeah, I don't know. I, this movie has just always stuck with me as like a fun movie. Like they constantly do fun things. Yeah, things that I would much rather do than you know go to school. Mm-hmm. And I remember a few times when I was younger of like faking being sick. I mean, we're all do- we're all adults here. We yeah, we're not going to be caught by mom and dad. <laughs> like we're not going to get in trouble. <laughs> Please don't, please don't listen to this show. <laughs> but, but instead of you know going to Chicago and like jumping into a parade and running five hours away, singing yeah, yeah, Wayne Newton, I would just stay home and like play Crash Bandicoot or something. Yeah, and like that's what <laughs> that's I your do. that's your equivalent of being Ferris Bueller. You're like, yeah. I, think I would watch like Jerry Springer, The Price Is Right, oh, Ricky God. Lake, mm-hmm. like all those trash shows, and I'm just like, well, my life's not this bad. <laughs> like, I think, yeah, I was definitely, like, a show person or movies 
Mm-hmm. I think when it got to around like the one o'clock time period, that's when all the soap operas were on. And I'm oh, like, yeah. I don't care for this. So how did so how did you fake being sick that made mom and dad keep you home? Well, obviously Like mo- what was your go to? Moaning and wailing. Ooh. You turn on your side <laughs> and you lick your palms. <laughs> no, that's what he says in the movie. Yeah, which I'm like, that's I know. weird. That's <laughs> I didn't know. Know. Just Freaking Rooney. <laughs> <Just like, laughs> Touch my hands, Mom. Ew, why are your hands all drippy? <laughs> no, I think it was. Taylor just rolls over in bed. He's like, he's like. I mean, honestly, <laughs> honestly, what he said, like the stomach cramping, that's like, it's like, I don't know. Maybe I just need to like poop real bad or maybe I need to throw up like I'm feeling nauseous. Okay, that's like gross, that's but like, that's like a for sure thing. <laughs> like sickness you know? isn't mm-hmm. really. Yeah. I think I would fake make myself throw up. Yeah. Mm. I'd rub my forehead so it felt like I had a fever. Mm. <laughs> but like if you if you rub your forehead like that, and because mom always came up and like touched you with the back of her hand, she's like, yeah. "Oh, you're a little warm." It's like, yeah, I just rub my hand like you like over my forehead, just or just like, like slapping your forehead, or just like crazy. put your head under your pillow and just breathe real hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, you got, so you got like a clammy face and wet hands. I'm sick, mom. Like, I, are you a swamp yeah, monster? Yeah, you are pretty. <laughs> I have. I will say I have gone the extra length and like gone to the bathroom and oh, yeah. like put water on my forehead to make oh, it look like God, I'm sweating. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember one time I really wanted to play it up and she was standing in my room. I was like coming back from probably doing that exact same thing, mm-hmm. but I bumped into the wall a little bit, like made it seem like I was stumbling. That oh, really my played God. it up. Yeah. You're like going to give yourself a look at a head injury, hey. like, oh, I'm sick. <laughs> mm. I mean, uh. I would just go to the bathroom and just make fake throw-up noises. Uh-huh. And then- <laughs> 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 they sounded more realistic. Uh-huh. Or do that thing where you're like, oh, you can't open your eyes all the way, so you're like, oh, I don't feel very good. Yeah. That's just usually how I feel You, in the like, morning. change your voice a little bit. You're like, oh, like those aren't words, Isabel. I need you to speak up. <laughs> I will say at the at the beginning of this movie, which again you had not seen yeah. until you were like twenty some years old and could see it for yourself, <laughs> not on VHS. But Ferris does that, and the way he does it is so like over the top. Like, Mom, Dad, is that you? Like he's like squinting. <laughs> like, like he's blind. I can't see. <laughs> like he's trying to like force. He's forcing them to keep him in the bed because he's like, I need to get up and go to school. I need a good job. I need to go. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> they're like oh my gosh you're so sick you need to stay home yeah let me bring up my distant future yeah, but as an also- excuse to stay in bed yep. but it's also like I love that the sister was like literally commenting every time he made a noise like mm-hmm. what's really, wrong with him like what's wrong <laughs> she busted is like what believe- now like is he really sick I don't think he's sick get up and then it's like in between that time he's making faces at her to like egg her on to make her seem more crazy and I'm like son bitch mm-hmm. i hate this kid <laughs> did taylor ever do that to you Well, you knew he so. was lying about something and you're in the same room i don't think so because taylor and i are very close at age so it's like if he would do something i probably was looped into it or if i did something taylor <laughs> you're an was accomplice into so you're yeah. like i better not get him in trouble so sometimes to get in trouble to not get in trouble it's like kind of having to work together yeah yeah okay, okay. what we can get from this conversation is that Ferris Bueller and his situation is very relatable to yes. growing up in general. Yeah. Faking sick, not liking the principal, wanting to go and do fun things mm-hmm. during school because school can get boring and draining and 
Ferris definitely makes light of that at the very at the very beginning of this movie that there's nothing really relatable to him that he learns in school and he just wants to do fun things but he can't because he doesn't have a car yep so that's why he depends on Cameron yeah. you mean manipulates Cameron go ahead well it's, <laughs> if it's for his own good then you know it's a good manipulation <laughs> <laughs> no just trying to justify his actions it's but as you said Cameron needed to get out and see things, so it's for him too. So it's not no. manipulative. Well, I'm gonna fuck up on that word <laughs> sometime. Manipulative. <laughs> manipulative. <laughs> uh, okay. As people are listening to this, I just want you to carry this throughout the episode and think of the movie Ferris Bueller if you have seen it. Yeah. As Taylor, as Isabel and I are describing it, the parents' guide says profanity is used in virtually every scene, very frequently here. I would say so, so. many cuss yeah. words. <laughs> They're kind of funny though. Mm-hmm. I mean, cuss words are. Funny I mean, wasteoid too. was used. I can't think of another movie <laughs> that wasteoid was used. Sluts. <laughs> Sluts. <laughs> they say slut like or whore a couple times, and you're like Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So jumping into the movie, Ferris, played by Matthew Broderick, is faking sick, very convincingly to his parents, but not so much his sister Jeannie, who's played by <laughs> Jennifer Grey. Which you guys probably know her from Dirty Dancing. I've mm-hmm. never seen Dirty Dancing. Really? No. I feel like that's a movie at least you should watch maybe once. I mean, I mostly know her from this and Red Dawn. Yeah. She's in Oh, that. shit. I forgot she's in Red Dawn. Yep, yep. Yeah. Man, that's a dope movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got Patrick Swayze in it, too. <laughs> Peace Swayze. You know they dated uh, after this movie? Mm-hmm. Who? Uh, Matthew Broderick and Jennifer Grey. Aren't they married? No. no. She's mar- he's married to Sarah Jessica Parker. Yep. Yeah. Weird. It is weird. Oh, that's cute. A muck, a muck, a muck, a muck. Which? <laughs> <laughs> so we will probably get there this year, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> um, Ferris's parents are played by Cindy Pickett, who plays Katie, and Layman Ward plays his father, Tom. And it's obvious that they've fallen for this ruse a number of times. Obviously, he's going to make the most of this day. It's a nice, <laughs> it's a nice day in Shermer, Illinois, which is the <laughs> fictional town oh, it's that fictional like town. most of his movies take place in. Yep. Oh, like the same place or just fiction? He just makes up towns. I think he's made up a couple like suburbs of Chicago. Oh, okay, but it's like Chicago area, oh, Chicago okay. land, which I did not know was a thing. Really? <laughs> of just like the Chicago city yeah. and outlying areas mm-hmm. is referred to as Chicago land. You're like, it's like calling it Hollywood land. Yeah. And you're like, Get so we're in here. Columbus land right now. Get out of here. The 1930s <laughs> <laughs> snake oil is all the rage. <laughs> but he's playing to his father. Like his dad's like, well, get, get better sport. And his mom's like, Oh, he's so sick. So he's just like playing him like a fiddle. Like, mm-hmm. as you said, just going over his tactics and they're like, okay, you have about five minutes and then you're going to let me stay in bed and then you're going to go and I'll get on with my day. Okay, good. Done. So during this movie, he breaks the fourth wall constantly talking to the audience, giving them advice or talking about like other characters in the movie. At the beginning, he does this while he's explaining his methods of faking sick. And at the same time, he's like making one of the things to be used in the background, like in his room when somebody's like trying to like come in. Yeah. So it's not just like him just there talking, which I think is funny. The school day has started and we get Ben Stein taking roll call in his class. And I do want to give a shout out to 
the girl who plays Simone, who is Christy Swanson, aka the first Buffy, the Vampire Slayer. Yep. Is that her? I yeah. could. I was like, she's got to be famous in some way. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And she's also in The Phantom. Ooh. <laughs> <gasps> Except I, my, except I think she has red hair in it. She has red movie. hair in it. Yeah. So uh, <sighs> you gave a shout out, but I also want to give a shout out to uh, Max Perlich, who played Anderson in that mm-hmm. class. Okay. He was in a movie prior to this uh, that I loved as a kid and also our cousin Todd loved called Gleaming the Cube with uh, Christian Slater. Oh, shit. Tony Hawk's that in that, isn't he? He is in that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wow. don't know what this is. It's oh. a skateboarding movie. Yeah. Ew. Like it's it's essentially like Brink. Like but people with like people who don't know anything about like the sport. Yeah. That's like a movie that they'd watch. Like it's yeah, a just very over generalized version of like what the sport is. Ugh. But then there's also like oh, uh, David Spades in that movie. He is. Ew. <laughs> Ew. What is this movie? <laughs> there's there's murders, there's avenging, there's uh Skateboarder groups standing up against the man, taking mm. down Why is mafia. There murders? Hey, don't worry. Spoilers. Okay, you came out in like I eighty mean, something. I don't think you need to watch it. It's not yeah, as don't good worry as the skateboard. It. Anyways, so. this actor was in that movie. That's all I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> Did you also notice how all of the names he calls out are just crazy A names? Yeah, it's A names and then Bueller and then he goes to an F. Yeah, it's like dang. No but but it's like man Anderson. Like Addison, like just their. Was that the kid who got mad? Yeah, he was, he was one like, of them. Yeah. I Here. loved it. And I was like, and he like <laughs> he's like, can't be fucking bothered. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yes, you can see me with your eyes. Uh-huh. There's a couple of school scenes that they have, like listening to monotone teachers, mm-hmm. and there's one where it zooms in on these kids' faces, like listening to this teacher, and like they just look so like dead. Yeah, they're like, oh my god, I can't believe I. Here, but there's one girl that they zoom in, and she looks pissed. Yeah, her eyes she's are like, like I'm gonna punch you. Like, yeah, uh, she's like squinting, like her teeth are kind of showing. Like <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> well, I mean, if you can, if you could think back to like an 8 a.m. lecture in high school. Mm-hmm. There you go. Okay, all those feelings just just kind of imprint those on these kids' faces. I really so. don't know if I've ever had a teacher. That's quite as oh, like no. dry as those teachers mm-hmm. that they show. Obviously, it's a movie and it's supposed to be like extreme, ex- like an extreme version of boring teachers to I teenagers. Did, so. I did have a teacher though that wasn't that dry, but spoke in the way of ev- half sentences <laughs> where he was expecting the kids to be very interactive. To like finish. And like, so when you have MX, what is this here? B, B okay. And now we're moving. <laughs> and it's just like. Oh yeah. my god! I would, just wait, I would just wait for you to give me the answers. Like, yeah, he, he would, would have like a nice couple second pause, like look around the room. But that's how the entire class went every day. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. So, was it math? Yes. Oh yeah. That. Yes. It was <laughs> the worst class for that to happen. <laughs> we had a pretty cool teacher. It was for physics. It was mm. just like college physics, so it's like get a college credit while you're in school cool but we would be ahead which is nice and he's like you guys want to walk down to the school store and get some nachos (laughs) he would go get nachos or candy or slushies because he's like 
we've already done this because not a lot of people took a college prep course. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was kind of nice. You're a little different. Let's go do class outside. Yeah. Sit in a circle, <laughs> Indian style, just kind of. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Well, your teacher sounds cool. Your teacher sounds terrible. So <laughs> <laughs> and I can I can't even imagine like a worse class to experience that in because I hated math the yeah. entire time I was in high school. That carried with you throughout your life. You're like I hate math now, and I'm an adult. <laughs> oh my God. As soon as I could stop taking math, I did. Yeah. I mean, it was mostly because I was in career center, but it's weird because I felt that way with English. I hated English class. Mm. I hated. I hated reading. I hated books. No, no. I Learning. Just, I hate words. I hate words. <laughs> That's why I break everything up in my sentences. Words are the devil. No, I just, I never liked English class. I just like did not have fun. I did not, I never had fun reading, like enjoying those like stories that you, they make you read in high school. Yes. Like are much more enjoyable now. Mm-hmm. Like Shakespeare, much more enjoyable now. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, everyone's got to read. Because they have good like, movies made of them. <laughs> I'm gonna watch this movie. Instead. I don't need to read anything anymore. <laughs> you ever seen? You ever seen Claire Danes and uh, Romeo Juliet? Uh, that's awesome. one of my favorite movies. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I love just it. the way that I would watch Ferris Bueller all the time. You watched that movie all the time, and I fucking. I don't think I watched it. it that much. Every time I come downstairs, it's just the camera shot of like the two families, <laughs> and I'm like, ah. <laughs> And we're referring to the movie Romeo. What is Romeo and Juliet by Baz Luhrmann? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It is a '90s hot mess, but I don't know. I always loved it. I can appreciate it. Like yeah. I, I like it now. It was different. I didn't like it then. <laughs> I didn't like it then. <laughs> so during the start of the day, Ferris is trying to convince his friend Cameron, played by Alan Ruck, to come out, enjoy the town with him. But Cameron is like actually sick in his head. Yeah. Yeah. He and thinks he is. yeah, he's, he's like a hypochondriac. Yeah. That's exactly what he is. And so like when he's sick, I think Ferris describes it. He's like when he's sick, he feels better, mm-hmm. you know, because the rest of his home life. Yeah. yeah. His home life is really terrible. His house is like a museum and you can't touch anything. Yeah. It's very cold. <laughs> <laughs> so he's trying to v- convince Cameron to come out with him on the town while giving us the viewer like a little key into how he operates, how tightly wound he is. But at the same time, the principal, Edward R. Rooney, Dean of Students, <laughs> played by Jeffrey Jones, and his assistant, Grace, played by Eddie McClurg, are also plotting essentially to catch Ferris. Yeah. Because he's missed <laughs> a ton of days. Nine which, times. <laughs> which Ferris <laughs> promptly hacks into the school computer and drops down to two from nine. Yep. And did you notice that she was sniffing glue? Yeah. Uh, it was <laughs> white like out. white out. White out. Oh, yeah. yeah white. She's like, she's, she stirred it up. She's like. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Grace is a light to this, like, comedy for me. Just mm-hmm. because it's like the weird thing she does, like. When we get introduced to Ed Rooney, he's, like, on the phone with Ferris Bueller's mother, like, hey, we need to, like, get 
your son, basically. It's like trying to plot with the, the mother, like, hey, this kid's missed a lot of school. Like, he's not a good influence. Like, I'm going to hold him back. And it shows you Grace, like, as the assistant, she's, like, taking down notes. But there's this, <laughs> like, she's just doing really odd things. So I think she pulls a pencil out of her hair. And then yeah. she puts the pencil down, thinks for a second, and then, like, goes back to her hair and pulls out, like, more things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then she's sniffing, like, the white out and stuff like I that. I mean, I'd she's... sniff white out and have hidden pencils in my hair, too, if I was Ed Rooney's secretary. <laughs> I know. Yeah. She's just... She's living her best life. What's funny is in high school, there was one point in art class where one of my friends actually put an entire 24 pack of colored pencils into my fro and they like all fit. (laughs) And he's just like, okay, now take them out. And I'm like, fuck that. And I just shook my head and they just all flew. Oh, (laughs) no. It impaled all. I was like, you pick them up. And then I went back to class. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like the weird things. So. Rooney has it out for Ferris. It's funny because he's not even like a bully. He's just like, he says he's a negative influence on students, Mm -hmm. but it's not like Ferris is like a terrible person. He's not like dealing drugs. It's like, he's just being a 17 year old kid. He's just a shit. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, so Rooney really sees Ferris as kind of undermining his authority in the school. And this is really evident because there's payphones in the school, you know, back in the 80s or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, kids are talking to Ferris on these payphones. Like he called the school and he's like talking to freshmen. He's talking to, you know, upperclassmen and whatnot. And he's giving them all these different details like, oh, I think I might need a kidney and whatnot. So he's really building this like base of support for himself within mm-hmm. the school. And it's funny because Jeannie's walking around his sister uh, throughout the day and people are coming up to her asking for her to like give a donation to like buy Ferris a kidney. Like, <laughs> Hey, say Ferris, we're going to buy him flowers, like stuff like this. Yeah. And it just sickens her. That whole kidney thing just blows out of proportion. <laughs> yeah. It's Cause funny. he essentially tells these kids that he's going to die. And then it just spreads like yeah. wildfire. And then one of the girls is like, Oh shit. Well, are you going to be at this party on Friday? He's like, yeah, I think I'll be okay by then. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, it's just, he oh. doesn't directly say anything. Mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. he just, like, indirectly is like, oh, I'm going to make these noises. Oh, I'm going to make this sound. And people are like, oh, my God, you're dying. He's like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> like, he never admits to anything. Yeah. But people are like, oh, my God, he needs a new kidney. Like, he's dying. It's just, yeah. And and through Such this. Cr- kids suck. <laughs> while, while this is happening, you see the school nurse making her way to this classroom. Mm-hmm. Who? In what Wait. way? I definitely did that while I was watching the movie. I was like, oh, yeah, that it. part is so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> He's another monotone teacher that's yeah. killing people. Yeah. <laughs> Slowly <Christ>. by talking. <laughs> so this nurse comes into this classroom with the monotone teacher. Mm-hmm. And as soon as she walks through the door, this girl starts getting her stuff all together. She's yeah. like, I know what's going on. And this is Sloan, <laughs> which is Ferris Bueller's girlfriend. Okay. Played by Mia Sara. Mia Sara. And actually her name is Mia Sara Papacello. Bless you. What a cool name. Yeah. S A R A P O C H I E L L O. Jeez. Yep. I, yeah. I like, I like her. 
Yeah. There's like, we'll leave that one out of the credits. <laughs> yeah, like someone starts typing it and they're like, ah, backspace. <laughs> and this was only her second movie. Yeah. So, and her first movie was... Was it Legend? It Legend. was Legend. I didn't before. know that was her yeah. first movie. I always thought it was her second. And she was almost cast as Sarah in Labyrinth. Yep. That would have been cool. I actually really enjoy her voice. Like she, I think mm-hmm. she has a very unique voice. Yeah, the way she speaks. I did totally have a crush on her, though. She I mean, mostly cool. because of Legend, and like kind of because of this movie. But it was it because of Legend and the hot tub scene in this movie? Yeah, Taylor. You're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, man. <laughs> yeah. I just always liked your character. I understand in Legend. I was like, I want to dress like her. Like, who doesn't want to dress like a demon princess? Yeah, Love I wanted it. to. <laughs> Taylor just starts dancing. He's, up, he's upstairs in that deep cut black dress, just like oh my god. <laughs> if you don't know what the de- uh, the black demon princess on. dress looks like from Legend, look it up. It's gorgeous. Just like, I love I'm it. I'm a queen. Yeah. <laughs> So so Sloat is getting ready. She knows what she knows the game that's being played. Yeah. And and Ferris got Cameron to call into the school as Mr. Peterson, Sloan Peterson, and say that there that her grandmother had passed. Mm-hmm. Okay? Pulls her out of class. She needs to go home. Rooney sees through this ruse and is like, I know it's that little shit, Ferris Bueller. <laughs> okay. So then he tries to get Grace to give him Mr. Peterson's phone number. He's going to call and verify this story. Mm-hmm. So Grace is looking for the phone number, and Mr. Peterson calls, which is Cameron calling from Ferris's house. Okay? Do you also want his daytime number? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want it now? So Rooney takes the phone call to talk to, quote, unquote, Mr. Peterson. He thinks it's Ferris Bueller. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I'm gonna catch this little bastard at his own game, and is like, oh, your your or your mother died. Which one is it? Is it your mother-in-law? Well, we'll release Sloan if you can come down and produce a corpse. <laughs> Roll her down here. <laughs> Roll her down here. Let me see that body. And the voice on the other end is like, you you want to see a body? He's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, I know this is Ferris, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of like telephone hijinks in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Ferris calls the school asking for his sister, Jeannie, to bring any homework home. And then Grace tries telling Rooney, like, that's not Ferris. Ferris just up. called, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> and when she lets him know, he just gets wide-eyed and he sees... He sees the phone blinking, and he has to go back to the call that he now believes is Mr. Peterson. Yeah, who is actually Cameron on the yeah. line. And it's hilarious. I mean, this whole scene, I thought, was just really fun. Mm-hmm. And he's on the other line, like, yelling at Rooney. Like, who wouldn't want to yell at, like, their high school principal? Who's call like, her. <laughs> <laughs> Tried to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like what? Who would not want to call their principal an asshole if they did not like them? Yeah, there you go. That would be awesome. Yeah, I know. Awesome. It would be awesome. I don't High school really, kids like win. <laughs> it's like I don't really. I don't remember our principals. I don't 
think they were that bad. No, but they did not have bad principles at like, all. Like being able to like pull something over on a principle and make this elaborate. They make this prank very elaborate. Sorry, don't. I'm touching my foot. <laughs> Tall people around a small table. <laughs> no, but I mean, like they go so far with this prank. Like they yeah. have Sloan rework her voicemail. They set up Cameron's house like a mortuary. Yeah. Which also, it kind of gives you more insight to how creepy Ed Rooney is. Mm-hmm. Because he's willing to call like a mortuary, which is also like there's only one in this town. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> But they set up an answering system like, I'm sorry, like we're handling stuff so we can't come to the phone because we're a mortuary. Yeah. So it's just like... A very elaborate oh, just yeah. to have a day off. Mm-hmm. And, and, so. that, and that elaborate prank we get from the beginning when he starts taking days off is Ferris complains like, I asked for a car, I got a computer. So he does all these things, manipulations by using the computer or by like telephone. He mm-hmm. has like a doorbell rigged up that if somebody rings the doorbell at his house, it's like him through the intercom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. He's very smart. Yep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the scene is just a train wreck of Rooney trying to get his shit together. Oh, God. And then when and Grace cover- comes in. <laughs> and there's a, in the scene, I, great, he like is running back and forth in this tiny ass office. He's trying to figure out where Sloan is yeah. to get her out of class as quick as possible because Cameron is cussing at him on this phone like, you're an asshole. And like, <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, you're right. I am an asshole. <laughs> and he Call me, the- sir. God damn, damn it. it. And he hands the phone over to Grace, and Grace like tries to impersonate Ed, but yeah. like just starts like ah. <laughs> it's like why would you even say anything, like, or just say hi, or like, like hey, this is Ed. This is like she's about to like throw up or something. <laughs> and it's just like the next like couple of minutes is like, you just like him trying to figure out where everyone is, get everyone settled so they can go out, mm. and finally like go on an adventure yeah. yeah so they set it up where sloan is now being pulled out of class and uh now they have to go pick her up cameron's like you can't we can't go in my car it's like this shitty little jalopy or whatever mm-hmm. and ferris is like oh well doesn't your dad have this like 1967 the 1961 Ferrari Fuck. 250 GT California, which actually is not oh, a Ferrari. Yeah, I learned what it's not a Ferrari. It's, it's a like Ferrari. Fiero. No, <laughs> it's, not a fucking Fiero. it's a Ferrari. Does it go to space? It's modeled after that Ferrari. Okay. Yeah. But oh my god, what what was the information that I found? <laughs> the real model is like a like a spider. I can't remember. It was essentially. Are you good? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're you're talking about this car, and Isabel and I are over here just, just having our own little <laughs> <laughs> conversation. You just kind of like. Oh yeah, I think it is. <laughs> so uh, the next ten minutes are for all you gearheads out there. Go ahead, continue, Taylor. So this car is not actually a Ferrari. Go. Okay. It would have been way too expensive to actually use a Ferrari for this movie. So they made three models of, you know, I couldn't get a straight answer on what the name of this car was. Okay. But it, they were essentially made for this movie. Oh, so it's like its, it's own It's a 1961 
Ferrari GT California. 250 GT. There you go. <laughs> but it's... Is that an actual car? That is an actual car. But they could only make it look like that car. They couldn't yeah. actually get that car. Yeah. It would have been it would have been way too expensive. Yeah. yeah. Especially if they needed to like crash it eventually. But what's funny Spoilers. is these three cars like go for a shit ton of money nowadays. Like yeah. cuz they're like still around. Oh, okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So they're like, Oh, the ones they made for the movie? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, you got to imagine that Ferrari sales went up a little bit because of this movie. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean. Like, oh, this is the Ferris Bueller car. You're like, yes, it Mm -hmm. is. (laughs) (laughs) Steve, got the dent in the the hood. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Feel the sadness just sitting in that seat. (laughs) So essentially, this is like the dream car of a day off from school. Correct. So they take the car out. Cameron is really reluctant because his dad loves this car. More you, than him. Yeah. yeah. As we will come to find out. So they end up taking the car out, going to get Sloan. Mm-hmm. So they show up to the school. Ferris is dressed like Mr. Peterson. I so guess. Like we've be, never seen well, this because, man before. Well, because Rooney's out front with Sloan. Yeah. And he doesn't want him to notice him or whatever. But then they end up like making out for a quick second. <laughs> yeah, he's like, do I'm you have like, a kiss for daddy? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and that's how they do it in this family. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's like, yeah, you should probably call someone. <laughs> like, um, it's called Child Protective Services. Yeah. Like, that should and, not be happening. And this car is a two-seater. So Cameron is like behind the first two seats, like kind of in the trunk area underneath yeah. like the tarp yeah. for like the hood. <laughs> Jeez. So Cameron tall. has officially let his alter ego take the driver's yeah. seat. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So they're That's on true. their way to Chicago. City downtown. <laughs> <laughs> beep, 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 beep. <laughs> I actually really like that song. Mm. There's a couple of songs in this movie that I really enjoy. Yeah. I love that song, too. This movie has a lot of weird I mean, at the time, you would say weird music. Like, it's super eclectic. There's classical. There's, like, jazzy tunes. Mm-hmm. There's instrumental. There's weird, like, Swiss music. Like, the Oh Yeah song. Yeah. Like, no one had, like, heard of these songs. And what's funny is John Hughes was actually reluctant to put out a soundtrack for this movie. Interesting. Because he didn't think anyone would like it. And everyone loved it. Yeah, it's a pretty good soundtrack. Yeah. And well, what's funny is... He hates that Wayne Newton song that, Par- oh. that Ferris sings. Why did he sing it? Then why did he even put it in that movie? He thought it would be funny. But he hates it. Yeah. Ugh. Whatever. I mean, well, he hated it growing up. I mean, I don't think anyone... I mean, there's definitely songs that like you listen to that your parents would listen to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm glad his record sold. His soundtrack sold. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Cool. I'm glad he eventually put out the soundtrack. I'm glad. Yeah. This soundtrack is a banger. Oh. <laughs> Season two stops like it. It's a banger. Like, who's, on- bump, who's bumping that in a car? A banger soundtrack? Define banger soundtrack. For the continuation of all these episodes, define banger soundtrack. Banger soundtrack? Yeah. What would you consider a... Not what would you consider. What makes a soundtrack either good or a banger? You can just listen to it straight through. Like it's a compilation of just banging it out music that's in a movie for a movie, inspired by a movie, and you can just listen to it straight through. Okay, got it. That works. 
What is your definition, Isabel? Of a banger? I don't. I don't really need to add to this conversation. <laughs> oh I don't know well, what you were my shaking def- your head the entire time. I was, I was shaking like, my head because <laughs> Singleton was like, like, "What would you bang out?" No, like maybe you because just that out. wording is weird. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> While they're on their way to the big city downtown, beep beep beep. Back at school, Jeannie confronts a guy who's walking around with a can. Taking in, you know, money for Ferris's new kidney, which, according to him, costs about fifty G's. Yeah, and he's just walking around with a fucking with a Pepsi can of change. Can. <laughs> We're so almost she, there. So she promptly smacks it out of his hand and walks away, and he calls her a heartless wench. Like this, <laughs> this guy is so pomp. <laughs> Excuse me, my lord. <laughs> I mean, you know, aside from all of these high schoolers looking like they're in their thirties, like most older movies that take place during high school. I feel like nowadays it's a little better. Like high schoolers actually look like high schoolers. Yeah. Yeah. Like in like, um, like Spider-Man homecoming, Mm -hmm. everyone looks like they're in high school. Yeah. They're still like, you know, early twenties or even some of them are in their late teens, but they all still look like you don't look like you're 35. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Hey kids. I mean, I mean pretty much like every John Hughes movie, which that takes place in high school. All the high schoolers are like super like old looking. <laughs> they look like they have big jobs in the city, mm-hmm. you know, or in like the stock exchange and they have like five o'clock shadows. <laughs> 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 it's like, yep, I'm going to, uh, going to algebra one right now. Oh God. It's like, okay. <laughs> so, so question here, what grade is Jeannie in? I think she's a senior. Okay. Ferris Bueller is a senior. She's younger than him. Oh, so Jeannie, mm-hmm has really yeah that i i just thought of that so ferris bueller is a senior and he's this is one of the things he talks about is that he and cameron are seniors they're going to be graduating next year so they want to have some fun uh his girlfriend sloan is a year behind them so she still has one year there um but i was just thinking like yeah Jeannie has a car Mm -hmm. so she's not a senior she's like a junior so she's younger than ferris ferris doesn't have a car yeah yeah, it seems weird. It seems backwards. Okay. Like it it kind of makes sense why she would be like harping on why he can get away with so much. Yeah. Because yeah. it doesn't seem like something like a older sibling would do. Like if I was skipping school in like mm. middle school and mm. Singleton was just like, Mom, Dad, he's lying to you. Like <laughs> give a shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like an older sibling really wouldn't care. So No. But it's actually funny that we mentioned siblings because apparently in the original cut of this movie he had two younger siblings other than Jeannie. Oh, like four kids? Yeah. And wow. they were completely cut out of the movie. If you watch the original trailer, yeah. they show that. Like, oh, it that's shows weird. Them. Awkward. Yeah. They're like, let's get rid of these kids. But apparently they were only in like a couple scenes, so they're just like... Eh. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. They're going off to daycare, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The original cut of this movie was like two and a half hours. And oh, they were like, Jesus. you gotta cut that down. It took so. me forever to get through an hour and 40 minutes. I was just, I was, yeah. Okay. So a lot of stuff happens when they're downtown. I mean, it's like the main part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, They park their car, which promptly gets taken out by two of the attendants Mm -hmm. for a joyride. Yep. (laughs) It's (laughs) like this very expensive, very rare car. (laughs) (laughs) And one of those attendants, uh, Richard Edson, is in one of your favorite movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Super Mario Bros. 
he plays. <gasps> That's he, he plays right. Spike, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's very like sleazy looking here. So when they drop the car off, Cameron's automatically like, "No, no, this is wrong." Not and that he's like, guy. "He's like, I'm a professional." <laughs> he has like his hair pulled back in a ponytail, and you know he's gonna like hawk that car. He like, it's automatic parts yep. as soon as you drop it off. But yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> there's just a couple of like scenes that are very interesting in this movie that I don't know if it's like a thing for like, is it John Hughes? Mm-hmm. John yes. Hughes. I always, yes. John Hughes. same thing I did just to cover their names where he's got kind of like s- spurts of like racism. Okay. Kind of like, it's just when he's talking to the garage attendant, he's like, do you speak English? And he's like, what country do you think we're in right now? It's like, mm-hmm. probably, mm-hmm. probably mostly. And then I think his sister's on the phone and she's frustrated with like the police. <laughs> and she's like, I'm going to get harmed. Like, I need someone to come here. You speak any English? And you're like, why is this? It, there's like a running thing with some of his movies that just like pick up little I think it like also things like that. I think it also goes to the fact that these are supposed to be children. Yeah. And if they're not getting their way or they think a situation is kind of out of hand, it's not them, it's those people can't communicate yeah. with me like they don't understand me for for some reason but yeah. There's yeah. just like yeah, it was just interesting. I was like, "Oh, it's weird." Mm-hmm. He's like, "What kind of country do you think we're in?" Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "My bad." I'm yeah. like, "Exactly." <laughs> so that guy steals the car for mm-hmm. a joyride like automatically you said. too. <laughs> like you see them walking out of the garage and uh another guy jumps in the car and they just speed off. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Which like I always I got kind of scared for that guy because he jumps in the car and the guy takes off automatically. I'm like, oh, geez, he's not even in the seat yet. (laughs) He's just going to blow away. Mm -hmm. But then they're ready to go on their Chicago adventure and do all these amazing Chicago things. Yeah. So they go to the Sears Tower at the time. I didn't fact check this at all, (laughs) but Ferris states that it's the tallest building in the world at the time. I'm pretty sure it was at some point. But I maybe remember. that's just me referencing what Ferris says in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I think I've been to this year's tower. Yeah. It's pretty tall. I do not do well with heights. So when they get up on the rail and they like put their head against the Look glass. Down. Well, one, you probably can't do that. Yeah. Probably not. Like I can't even stand being high, even if it's in like a like closed in your house? area. Like if you go to the attic of your house, are you like, oh. <laughs> no. Like if I can see, if I can see out. Yeah. It's like. So, like, we probably shouldn't take you to a mountain. Like, that would be terrible for you. Uh, well, I've never been to a mountain, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> okay, we're going to see what happens. <laughs> but, like, we went to a tall... We went to a tall building in Cincinnati and, like, went to the roof. Oh. And I, like, was in the doorway. And it had a huge roof with, like, an edge and everything. Yeah. And I, like, could not walk out. Oh, I was freaking out the entire time we were at the uh, prison. Oh, yeah. I couldn't, because you could, like, look through the grate. I could see through the grate. I mean, I kept, I hope I kept my cool. (laughs) Oh, when we went to the reformatory? Yeah. Like, it was a lot of fun to Mm -hmm. go, but it was just, like, this is, like, steel barring. Like, is this going to hold me? But also, like, I can see through stuff. If I stare straight ahead, I'm fine. But Mm -hmm. then I also didn't know that you don't do well with heights. And I was like, shit. I got to yeah. keep it together for now, both of us. <laughs> now, this might be a little personal, 
But whenever I get to a high area, I feel it down in my plums. Yeah, you, you asked me. Do that. you get that feeling? Do you remember him asking me that? Do you feel it in your plums, Isabel? <laughs> Taylor was like, you ever feel weird down there? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? I do remember like, that question. Okay, and he so we're at like the top that. of this, like, reformatory, and it's old, and it's scary. Yeah. And Taylor's nervous, and he asked me this question, and I can't get it together after this. <laughs> He's like, I just feel it. I just feel it there. I mean, I feel it, like, in my stomach. Like, yeah. kind of like, it's almost like an anxious feeling oh, yeah. versus like nervousness. Yeah. But, like, I'm going to poop out my spine. I don't feel that. What? But Taylor feels. Is that the way you feel? It you hurts. just get like loose bowels when you get too high. <laughs> You're like, oh no, but the gravity pulls just pulls this shit. Like, it just. <laughs> oh my God. It's just safe oh to say God. I really don't like heights. Okay. Not the. <laughs> And I also no, I'm not going to go into that. Yeah, don't go into that. <laughs> deeper and deeper, people are like, "Wow, this is a very intimate episode." So, so, so what I, about I, Ferris Bueller? I know, I know how your plums work, but that's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at me like that. Okay. So they go up to the top of the Sears Tower. Mm-hmm. Somebody fact check that. See if it is the tallest building in the world. Get in back 86. to us. Yeah, great. <laughs> they go to the Sears Tower. They look down. Cameron. As neurotic as he is, he's like, I think I see my dad. So he's still worrying about that car, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, they go to a fancy restaurant where they pull some more telephone hijinks, and Ferris pretends that he is Abe Froman, quote-unquote, the sausage king of Chicago, mm-hmm. ends up getting a table. Then he tells the maitre d', he's like, we have to deal with people like you. So he's telling this guy off again. This is going to my. This guy's just trying to do his job. All he knows is that some high schoolers came in here saying that they were somebody that they're not, and he essentially gets made fun of for that. Yeah. I'd be fucking pissed too. I'd be like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. Like, go back to yeah. high school. And Ferris is like, I am not getting caught by this guy. <laughs> but when they leave the when they leave the restaurant, they end up running into his father who is there on a business meeting and so they you know narrowly escape being caught by him (laughs) (laughs) we should surrender never (laughs) (laughs) yeah that whole interaction inside the restaurant is great i mean they end up pulling that whole shtick of cameron being this peterson persona except he's a policeman this time it's like oh my god so many phone hijinks like (laughs) It's like nowadays, it's like... I could just text you my hijinks. Yeah, and text you my hijinks. <laughs> or we, you know, caller ID. Like, these yeah. guys didn't have caller yeah. ID. <laughs> it's like, you don't actually know who is calling you. Yeah. I think after this, once once they narrowly escape his father, mm-hmm. they make it to the Chicago Museum of Art. Mm-hmm. And even, like, as a kid, I love the music. I love art museums. It's, like, one of my favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. And just being able to see that. Yeah, it was uh, it was really hard for me to not like reenact this whole scene when I actually went to the Chicago Museum of That's Art. That's cute. Oh, <laughs> That's really cute. I even had Nicole try to take like a picture of me standing in front of um, George Surratt's uh, A Sunday Afternoon on the island of La Grande Jatte. It's beautiful. That's a br- like that's great. I think uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's great. <laughs> That's a great uh, piece of art. Yeah, I 
I mean, I just, I don't think I've been to the Chicago Museum of Art. But you've been to Chicago. Yeah, I went to Chicago on a school field trip. Mm. It's just like one city I haven't gotten to explore like as an adult. Yeah. Too many people tell me, stay away from this area, which makes me not want to go to cities. Well, <laughs> I mean, any city you go to is going to be shady in some area. It's not going to be safe. Or most of the areas. Or most of the areas. Just be smart when you're out. Yeah. Like, PSA. Like, be smart when you're out. Watch people. I'm I'm very adamant mm-hmm. <laughs> about being protective. But if I had an opportunity, I would definitely go to the Chicago Museum of Art. Yeah. So one of my favorite scenes, that's like the only scene I really liked in this entire movie. So when I had yep. to. <laughs> 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 so when you pick the movie, this is the scene I really liked. Yeah. So. And it was like a montage almost. Yeah. 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 But apparently this is one of the spots that uh, John Hughes would go to a lot when he was growing up in Chicago. And I think that's like. I think that's why the scene plays out the way it is. Like, there's no dialogue. There's just the chill music and the art. And that's, like, what you have to go on. Mm -hmm. So it's also just a very interesting scene in a John Hughes movie. There isn't really a whole lot like that in, like, other ones. Yeah. I guess that just plays back to the whole love letter to Chicago. Like, yeah. And apparently this scene was after the parade originally. Oh, which it's like parade. Which got like really parade. bad reception from like previews of the movie. People are like, "Oh, you have this grandiose, spectacular scene of people mm-hmm. singing and like having a really good time, and, and then, then it's just this real like it. tranquil, <laughs> like <laughs> somber part." It's like, "Okay, let's go home." <laughs> yeah, especially if you mix like is that that's pretty much what comes up next is yeah. like they lose Ferris. They're like, Oh, I don't know where he is. Mm-hmm. And they're walking up and it's the German American parade yeah. festival, which I was like, that's pretty dope. I'd go to that mm-hmm. in a heartbeat. And Cameron is talking about, they spent the entire day in Chicago. He hasn't seen anything fun. Yeah. He's a grump. Mm-hmm. And Ferris is like, we did this, this and this. And then he just like disappears and he shows up on this German-American parade float. <laughs> and he's singing Donka Shane um, by Wayne Newton. And then he goes on to sing Twist and Shout by the Beatles. Yeah. yeah. So, And that's the culmination of their time in, in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And while they're doing that, like this entire time in Chicago, back home is running parallel. And Edward Rooney... The principal is being a terrible person. Is being a creeper, a terrible <laughs> He's person, stalking a little kid. Yes, <laughs> yes, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, so he makes his way to Ferris's to like try to ferret out Ferris. First, he goes to a pizza, uh, like a pizza parlor, because he's like, "This is where kids hang out." <laughs> Obviously, yeah. Um, <laughs> kids like pizza and games. We totally skipped over the baseball game. <laughs> no, no, I know, but it it doesn't matter. Okay, it was like, oh, they were at a baseball game because like. He's going to, he's looking at, he's looking for Ferris in a pizza parlor. That's where they're at the baseball game. And then they, like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They go to a baseball game. Big whoop. Nothing happens at the baseball game. That, like, I always thought that scene was like more to it. But there's really nothing to it. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny that Sloane's doing her homework, though. Yeah. She's like. <laughs> She's still being somewhat responsible. Like, I have to do my homework. So Rooney misidentifies this girl that is dressed like Ferris and ends up getting like soda spit in his face. Yeah. And then has to kind of go look elsewhere with his tail between his legs. Mm -hmm. Yes. Shows up at his house and tries to break in basically at a certain point. 
he rings the doorbell and finds out that Ferris has rigged up some type of a device that his voice comes over the intercom saying, oh, I'm sorry, I can't make it to the front door because I'm sick, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, then tries to find entrance into the house. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the entire, like, Ed Rooney, like, I get it, this principle, like, it's a very popular trope. <laughs> sorry. No, that's fine. I'm just thinking <laughs> when his fucking foot falls into the mud, it's like, <laughs> he's like, sort of <laughs> but he's just trying to be quiet because he's sleuthing. <laughs> There's like, okay, you understand he doesn't like Ferris Bueller. Like, that's for damn sure. That's great. Your district is the school. Mm-hmm. But this man is, again, going out, physically goes to Ferris Bueller's house, and then starts like breaking all this shit and like mm-hmm. trying to get into the house, trying to prove his point that this kid's a little shit. And you're like, it's almost creep. It's I mean it is creepy. Yeah. But there's funny things that happen like <laughs> he's at wit's end. He realizes that he only has so much longer to like catch this kid in the act. But I'm like you couldn't prove this like the other 9 times he was sick. Like there's <laughs> the other somebody nine up there times. <laughs> 9 times. There's so many things he could have done before. He could have just killed one. him. He could have just <laughs> murdered him. Jeez. Oh, he probably would have if he was given the chance. Slit his I th- throat. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think he hated him that much. Yeah. And I'm like, ugh, that's rough. But there are funny sections to him trying to break in. Mm-hmm. Like his interaction with a pit bull. Nope. Rottweiler. 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 Yeah, so there's a Rottweiler that one we didn't know he had. It's just kind of like an added, like, oh, we have a dog. Yeah, that's a Rottweiler. No one ever has any interaction with the dog in the movie no. except for Rooney. No, but it's adorable. He's per- he's pretty cute. He's a good mm. boy. Looks fucking scary as I shit. I mean, he's definitely scary, but he's cute. <laughs> he's a cute dog. And Rooney's like trying to like banter with the dog, like pretending like, hey, I'm a good guy. It's like I'm a dog too. I'm a dog too. <laughs> gets chased around obviously like the dog gets his shoe at one point Mm -hmm. and it's just like going to oh my god your cat his tail rubbed up against me scared the shit out of me um goes to town on it like he's on the front porch like shoeless like beaten up at this point like a little beaten up not fully yeah and then the way they show how this sickness has gotten around to the town now mm-hmm. like the school teachers send ferris bueller like a very expensive flower <laughs> arrangement mm-hmm. and genie comes home because it's like finally she's like i'm just gonna like i'm not even sure if it's because school is over like i assume it is yeah but it seems it still seems like the middle of the day. <laughs> she leaves. She leaves, and she sees uh, the gym class that Fair should be running laps outside. Yeah, and she's like, <laughs> "I hate that guy." So also, when she's driving home, she sees a water tower that says "Save Ferris" on it. <laughs> she yeah. does stop in the middle of the street to like. Roll I mean, her I would eyes. too. I'd be fucking pissed. <laughs> I'd be pissed. <laughs> so she gets home. At the same time, Rooney finally gets into the house. And he looks all beat up, like his his leg is torn, his pants are kind of ripped, and his face is all bruised up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she goes upstairs to make a phone call and hears a creak down in the in the kitchen. Yes. Yeah. She creeps downstairs. Rooney hears the steps and he creeps around to the kitchen. 
He thinks it's Ferris. She thinks it's Ferris. They're each going to catch him. He jumps out. She jumps out. He goes, blah! And she gets so scared, she gives him three straight like kicks to the face. And as he's slowly falling to the ground, she's just like, ah! Runs up the stairs, shows him falling even slower, runs around the corner, falls even slower, hits the ground, and she locks herself in her room. Yes. Mm-hmm. Jeez. <laughs> that, that kick always fucking killed it's me. It's just three straight kicks. <laughs> yeah. With, with leg warmers. Yeah, I was going to say, with bam, those leg warmers. <laughs> I also like that she protected herself, but also got scared and mm-hmm. ran away. Yeah. Because she's such a tough character, but like... She's such a tough character, but him jumping out oh, yeah, washed that all that away. And she's like, protect! Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> <laughs> so she ends up, like, calling the police. And they think it's fake. Like, the, which they is, think it's, like, a phony phone call. Which is... Just made me think about, like, that police department's crap. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm pretty sure there's no one in your house, ma'am. So. But it's funny because she like gives her name and then they're like, oh, how's your brother doing? Like, <laughs> even they fucking know if they're <laughs> so, so while she's waiting, she hears a ring at the doorbell and she goes down. She's like, oh, it's the police. Thank you. You're the best. It's a singing telegram. I don't, is it a prostitute? Yes. I think it's a prostitute. Okay. Yeah. And freaking Louis like, Anderson is there. As like delivering more flowers. (laughs) Well, it's funny because he's he's there earlier, and he's the guy who delivers the first thing of flowers. Oh, they just he is yeah. Oh, you just don't see him close enough. Got it. Okay, but he's there like nodding along with the woman's song, and you're like, this is weird that someone sent him a prostitute. Yeah, it's like from the faculty of your school. Weird. Like, that's weird. Whoever yeah. bought him that. And she she quickly slams the door in her face before she says the operative word that rhymes <laughs> with pluck. Gosh. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> so we flash back to them in Chicago. Now they have to make it back home before the parents get back. Mm-hmm. They pick up the car, which and- arrives like as soon as they come to pick it up. Yes. It's like. <laughs> It's as if they hand in the ticket, the car comes around the corner. Like, it's still warm, pretty much. And as they're leaving the city, Ferris asks Cameron how many miles were on it. Looks down. They've put, like, double the miles on the car as when they picked it up. Yeah. There was, I think, 106. And there's, like, 301 miles now. Yeah. They drove 200 miles. Which I'm like, I don't even know how that was possible because they were just driving around Chicago. Like, they show them once, like, kind of on the outskirts of the town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They're just, like, going 100 miles an hour the entire time that they're <laughs> driving around. They're just going around the city. But, yeah, so this sends Cameron into a catatonic state yes. where he's just unfocused. Yeah, he checks out mentally. And they try all these different things to wake him up. Ferris goes on a little monologue about what they're going to do after high school, um, talking about his relationship with Simone. Sloan. Sloan. <laughs> talking about his relationship with Sloan. Carol Ann. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I laughed at it. It's fine. You're amazing. Talking about his relationship with Sloan. And how Cameron needs to kind of just break out of this shell 
Otherwise, he's setting himself up to have a shitty life. Yeah. He's, like most high schoolers, I imagine, built up this idea of being with a woman the first time. And he's just going to be immediately in love and she's going to hate him because, like, she obviously doesn't feel the same way. Yeah. But it's like, why not? You know, let's just go with the flow. And Mm -hmm. so they end up going to, I'm assuming, Sloane's house where there's a pool. I think they break into someone's, like... Pool. They just break into somebody's home because they're sitting in a hot tub next to a pool, and you're like, "Where is this?" Yeah, yeah. I think they just sneak into someone's. Yeah, it's, de- like, it's definitely not Cameron's freaking artsy fartsy house. Yeah, it's on the edge of a ravine. If yeah. somebody comes in, it's like, "Hey, who's back there?" Oh, Ferris. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's but they fine. but they put him on a diving board. <laughs> like he's sitting on a chair on a diving board. Mm-hmm. Like maybe just like the shock of that being his state would wake him up. I but don't know he, how they got him on there though. It doesn't really matter. Movie magic. Movie magic. But he ends up <laughs> falling. Magic. It's like an animatronic. <laughs> <laughs> he ends up falling into the water. And I think at this point he's aware of everything. So he's just like, yeah. I'll just stay down here. Ferris, of course, saves him. And you know, drags him up to the surface and tries to wake him up, but he thinks he's dead. And then he makes fun of him. Yeah. He's like, essentially, like, I got you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ferris, you're my hero. <laughs> <laughs> you bitch. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. So Cameron's out of it. Everyone's having a good time still. Mm-hmm. But they take the car back to Cameron's house because they have to get the miles off. Ferris had the bright idea of, oh, we'll just run it in reverse. So they put it up on a jack. Put I don't a, know how they thought that would. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. know either. Kid, I was brain. like, I don't think yeah. that works. You drive forward, you gain miles, you drive backwards, you lose the miles. The car's like, oh, whatever. yeah, that's right. I'm going back in time. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Maybe this is why you should fucking stay in school, Ferris. You know, just some goddamn math. It's like he's, pro- he's programming his doorbell to ring and his voice come over it. But he does not understand how cars work. Yeah, we'll just mm-hmm. run in reverse. That's fine. <laughs> Maybe if his parents got him a car, then he would know that. But yeah. they got him a computer. Oh, it all makes sense now. He's like, dang, now I know coding. Yeah. So they Thanks, put- mom and dad. <laughs> yeah, right. So they put this car up on a jack in the middle of this glass box of a house mm-hmm. and run it at what I can only assume is pedal to the floor uh, in reverse. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So you hear this car just like humming as they're outside talking about it. This is the part of the movie that Cameron goes, checks on it, sees it's not coming off. He's screwed and essentially has to come to grips with his father loving this automobile so much more than Mm -hmm. he loves his own son. Mm -hmm. What is going to happen? It's coming to a head for him. So he has a, he snaps, he starts kicking the front of this semi-priceless car and you get these little glimpses of the jack starting to like move back like something bad is going to happen it really didn't i mean that's the thing about these john hughes movies it's like he really personifies teenagers like i know that's weird because it's like personifying is giving like an animate object you know human characteristics Mm -hmm. but a lot of movies of that time just had teenagers as like these sex craze like adolescent like feelingless beings yeah yeah but john emotionally hughes, driven but like have no voice of their own yeah yeah and this movie along with a lot of other john hughes movies really gives like these teenagers characters mm-hmm. they go through shit they feel things you know they're not just like these 
dumb little kids. Mm-hmm. So yes. Cameron opens up a lot about his feelings towards his father. Obviously, he takes it out on the car. <laughs> Um, yeah. but I never got this when I was a kid. Oh no. I, I was mean, like, damn, that car broke. And like, that was <laughs> <laughs> not you're that, screwed Cameron. Not that, not that Cameron's going through some like emotionally traumatizing stuff with his dad. I mean, mm-hmm. deep seated. If this is what his life has been like all of his life, he's mm-hmm. like, I'm about to be in the real world and I can't go through the real world like this. Yeah. Like, I think that when it comes to the scene, that's it's like I'm realizing that like I can't go through the rest of my life mm. like this. Like it's yeah. going to be boring and depressing and I'm not going to see you guys next year. So it's like I'm going to have to come out of my shell mm-hmm. to make this work. But I mean like, yeah, this is really deep. I mean, they only get into like a tiny section of the situation. Like no. I've been around friends that have had like kind of breakdowns and you're like Mm -hmm. you don't know what to do in that situation so i understand why like sloan and ferris are staying back because it's like yeah i'm not not gonna stop him yeah not even ferris has anything oh he can't say anything about Mm -hmm. the situation but i mean because he can't empathize with that he has no idea what he's going through Mm -hmm. yeah he has this he has this uh outsider's perspective of like yeah his home life is pretty bad but he has no fucking clue yeah but that, uh, that's it, why john hughes movies are so good they just have like these somber mo- i know i'm harping on john hughes he's one of my favorite like, directors john hughes, <laughs> john hughes you're amazing oh my god <laughs> there's like i appreciate this i remember like in breakfast club mm-hmm. this is john oh, yeah. hughes when no it's not a john hughes movie. it's not is it it is <laughs> i was like it's not how he wrote the characters specific and they have that circle to- like talk and it's like most of them share their feelings and like who they are and stuff. I definitely love that scene because mm-hmm. you're like pretty much everyone is in detention right now has a terrible home life. Like not the best home life. Yeah. Yep. Even the people you think who would. you would might think. Who you would might maybe <laughs> think suspect. <laughs> who a one, a two, <laughs> a three. You might think I have a good life. There you anyway. go. <laughs> <laughs> so this scene was good. It was it was freeing. <laughs> so no, no, no. It's Sorry, even- it's that's mostly because of us like harping on you, and then you're just like, okay, I just need to stop talking. You're like, it was good, and you like <laughs> just end this. <laughs> See, does. Sorry. I'm sorry that your brother and I have traumatized you into talking like that. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Just very robotic. How are you? I'm good. The scene was good. And then moving on. And then stuff happened. <laughs> the problem I did have with this scene yeah. was the music they chose to play at the end of like, okay, the car after Cameron kicked it goes through that glass window yeah, he finally kicks it, and it crashes into a ravine. So it's not yes. only dented in the front, it's now, as Ferris puts, killed. Cameron killed yeah. the car. He killed a car. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely wasn't planning on doing that. Yeah. It I, was just... I, his face when it he's happened, like, he's like, oh, What did shit. I do? What did I do? It's like that... Bl- he just blacked out yeah. for that two seconds. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily enjoy the music because it didn't feel like it was an uplifting moment. Like, this kid's going to have to... C- one of the lines is like, I'm going to, he's going to have to talk to me. Mm-hmm. So obviously there's no communication between father and son ever. 
So it's like this one thing, this thing that's happened is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. So it's going to force him to talk to me. And they just keep on, they just play this like very uplifting, like, yeah, you're going to do it. It's like maybe a little bit more somber music would have fit in here a little bit better. Just because, I mean, like thinking about talking to a parent that you don't really have a connection to Mm -hmm. doesn't seem super uplifting. It seems like it's going to be really rough. It was just, it was, I thought the music was weird. I didn't necessarily feel like it fit that scene i think because the friends also like you have sloan and ferris and they're like yeah and you're like ah. <laughs> like <laughs> not really supportive it's, it's i mean fine. i think it's more of just like a big character change moment yeah because before this happened <laughs> yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> all right because before this moment you know he wouldn't have done that probably and the yes. relationship would have continued the way it has mm. nice <laughs> So Ferris takes Sloan home. So while this is happening, Jeannie was picked up by the police for making a prank call to the station. Yeah. So she is there sitting on a couch waiting for her mom to come pick her up. And on the couch on the other side is boy in police station, which is Charlie Sheen looking drugged out. His skin is kind of grayish green. Mm-hmm. And his eye, and his eyes have like these red bags underneath of it. Yeah, uh, he's there for drugs, as we find <laughs> out. And she's looking at him and rolling her eyes, and he is just staring right through her, like looking right at her. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was like, "What are you here for? Drugs?" She's like, "No, no, thanks." He's like, "What are you no. here for? What are you here for? <laughs> drugs?" <laughs> yeah. It's a weird conversation between those two. Because mm-hmm. basically, she airs out her problems to him. And he's like, seems like your problem is actually you. And you're like, whoa. Like, what person <laughs> wants to hear that? Like, yeah. especially if it's about a sibling. Like, if I said something to mom, it's like, mom's like, you need to worry about you and not your brother. It's like, like you get mad about it. Like, yeah, she's like, why does he get to skip when everyone else has to go? Like, that sounds like a little kid yeah. response okay. to that. It's like, <laughs> it's literally not your issue at all. Yeah. You're yeah, just I, bothered by it because he gets away with it. And I don't think she takes kindly to the uh, the drug head imparting that type of wisdom on her yeah, at that like, time. Mm-hmm. Worry about you. Don't worry so much about your brother. You'll probably be happier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But her mom eventually shows up. And is talking to, I'll just say, like, the police chief or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she goes to leave his office. And he's like, oh, tell Ferris, hope he pulls through. The whole department's pulling for him. She's like, <laughs> okay. She's like, oh, right. Oh, right. Cool. Like, I forgot my even, son. <laughs> even she's just like, what? <laughs> like, why does everyone know about this? Right. So here is where I wanted to do a little background check on people and see if – you know, actors, actresses are frequently arrested just for like little misdemeanors and whatnot. Okay. <laughs> so I did a little looking into like if any of these cast members have ever been arrested and what they were arrested for since we're in a police station and whatnot. Mm-hmm. The first person I looked up was Matthew Broderick. Uh, uh, have you heard of this? I think so. Okay. So after this film was released in 1987, he and his girlfriend at the time, Jennifer Grey, right before Dirty Dancing came out, were in Ireland, and they went on 
a self-guided tour where they were driving around the countryside and whatnot. Matthew Broderick caused an accident that killed two people. Mm-hmm. They were in a hospital for a month. Jennifer only had some bruises. But I was just looking to see if like, oh, drunk driving, like, yeah, they were arrested in L.A. Like, here's their mugshot. I was going to go down this. And then I went down this rabbit hole of oh God, him causing this accident, almost going to jail for 10 years in Ireland for this. He got off with like reckless driving and paid a $5,000 fine and went back to the U.S. Yeah. Five days later, Dirty Dancing was released. Jennifer Grey became America's sweetheart. But this had happened so recently that it really fucked with her head. And she went on like a Hollywood hiatus for a while after Dirty Dancing mm. because she was raised to such a high. Oh, geez. Like put on such a pedestal. But all this had happened yeah. and she took a little backseat to, to the limelight. But Uh-oh. all I wanted to see is if somebody was, you know, arrested for something. And, and then, then I was like, holy shit. And then you got more than you bargained for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I went down the list like for Alan Ruck, uh, Cameron Fry was not arrested for anything, but a little side story of when this movie came out, they went to a rough screening. Uh, he, Mia, Jeffrey Jones, who played Ed Rooney and Jennifer Grey, when they went to that, sh- that rough showing, they all thought that would be their last movie that they would ever be in. Oh, that's not good. No, all four of them did not like the way that it was cut initially. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alan Ruck has gone on uh, record by saying that I thought that was my one shot at Hollywood. But yeah. now he's in uh, Succession, which is like a super successful uh, show. I feel mm-hmm. like I hear people talking about su- Succession. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Succession. 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 Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that guy. Yeah. So. <laughs> He's yeah. in the happening too. He's also in speed. He is in speed. <laughs> oh yeah. He's the yeah. nervous one. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. kind of always yeah. That's kind of like his. Oh, character. and he's in Twister. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Shalom. No. <laughs> oh my god! I can't wait till we do that. <laughs> but then we. I went further and found Jeffrey Jones. I don't think we need to talk about yeah. that. So, anyways, you can look it up yourself. I'm not going to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Isabel's like, let me just do that let right now. Let me do now. that right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so, Jeannie is taken out of the police station by her mother while sharing a very nice, lovely moment with drugged out Charlie Sheen. Necking, kissing. <laughs> smooching snogging as they say in harry potter anyways Mm -hmm. they leave the station heading home Mm -hmm. ferris has taken sloan home and they say their goodbyes Mm -hmm. he professes his love for her he looks at he looks down and is like shit i need to make it back and be in bed by the time my parents get back yeah this is where the paths cross of Jeannie and her mom in the car Jeannie's driving ferris running through the neighborhood it's an iconic series of scenes of him oh, jumping yeah. and jumping over uh, hedges, running through backyards and homes, meeting random people, meeting random people. <laughs> he runs across the street, almost gets hit by Jeannie. She sees this as her chance to really fuck him over. Yeah. Okay. So she's like, I was taken to the police station. I'm going to get you. I have mom in the car. Of course, mom doesn't look up from like the papers <laughs> that have just flown all over the place. And 
she speeds off. What I laughed out loud is when Jeannie speeds off, her head kicks back and she's like, ah! <laughs> 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 and Ferris is running through the yard. When he, he just professed his love to his girlfriend, mm-hmm. but he runs between two girls sudden and then like he walks back. He's like, hi, I'm Ferris. Like, <laughs> like whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And then he runs through a yard or he actually runs through the inside of a house of somebody and <laughs> he immediately goes like, no, don't get up. It's <laughs> like reading the he's newspaper like, and he's like, Hey, yeah, smells good. Dinner's ready. He hits a trampoline. The car is peeling into the driveway, lands in the backyard, goes for the key that is under the mat. Like most people had in the eighties, I'm assuming. Yeah. And Ed Rooney's there with his fucked up foot mm-hmm. looking for this. So he's like, this is the moment that I've been waiting for for four years is to catch this kid in the act. Ferris has this look on his face of pure terror, like you're going to fuck up my whole world. Right then, Jeannie, hearing this conversation, opens the door and says, oh, we've been looking for you. He tried to walk home from the hospital being so sick. Thank you so much for driving him home. And Rooney's face just drops. Like his bottom lip is <laughs> quivering like he's about to start crying. Mm-hmm. And Ferris sees what his sister did, smiles, smiles at Rooney, and then like, oh, oh, thank you. And like <laughs> walks inside and runs upstairs. Yeah, classic. Jeannie slams the door and you hear the Rottweiler wake up. Mm-hmm. Well, she... She has Mr. Rooney's wallet that he dropped inside the house. So not only does Rooney not get his way, but they have leverage on him if he ever tries to like bring this up to like the authorities or whatever, or like you know <laughs> anyone get him in trouble. It's or like so anything. you broke and entered into my house. I have your wallet, and now it's in a bunch of mud, which <laughs> makes like the most goopiest mud noise ever. <laughs> she so Rooney is screwed. He gets essentially the short end of the stick. So Ferris runs upstairs, gets everything out of his room that needs to be taken care of. His whole like parent detection system that was in place <laughs> <laughs> with like a fake mannequin and a snoring machine and essentially goes to bed right as his parents walk into his room. Yep. And they have a nice little conversation and they're like, okay, we'll bring you some soup. And the day ends and... Ferris gives his little spiel about life moving fast. You better stop and look around once in a while or you might miss it. And that's Ugh. the end of the movie. Yeah. Why do you say buh? I just. It's a <laughs> wants very- to stop and look around <laughs> once in a while. It's not even that. It's just a cheesy ending and I hate it. Damn. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. These are my facts. <laughs> but then you quickly also see Rooney. He got his car towed. During this day, he's kind of torn up. He's he's hobbling. A bus driver pulls up next to him and asks him if he wants a ride back to school. Yeah. He just wants a ride. He reluctantly gets on the bus, and you see all these teenagers staring at him like this is their principal. Mm-hmm. Sits down in the one open seat. This, this girl offers him a warm gummy bear that's been in her pocket all day. <laughs> he flicks it <laughs> across the bus. Uh, it looks up and sees somebody is written on the ceiling of the bus like Rooney eats it. Yeah. And he's just like, fuck. So he's on a bus full of kids who hate him and yep. love Ferris. Yep. yep. And that's the last thing he sees before it fades to black. Yep. <laughs> and then 
the and after credits scene. Ooh. This is where Marvel got it from. There, I right? know they stole it. They stole well, it. What's funny is they parody this at the end of Deadpool, Deadpool one or two. Yeah. He just essentially says the lines, except <laughs> it's just Deadpool instead of In a row. <laughs> Matthew In Roderick. The exact same row. Yeah. <laughs> You're still here. Go home. Go home. It's and over. he just walks away. That's the end. <laughs> Well, I was going to ask you guys what's your least favorite scene, but I think Isabel's answer would just be this entire movie. <laughs> Except for the art scene. Yes. That scene was good. I yeah, I know. Any scene with Grace in it, she was hilarious. Mm-hmm. My least favorite scene was at the beginning when they were kind of setting up the day and like making sure that the groundwork was laid for them to not get caught. Mm-hmm. Is when Cameron was making the call to Rooney as Mr. Peterson. Yeah. And afterwards, Ferris hits Cameron because he like fucks up on the phone or something. And he's like, why did you hit me? He's like, why are you being an asshole? And then. Yeah, that whole interaction was. Like, that was kind of weird. And Cameron is like, okay, I'm done with your shit. I'm going home. The manipulation comes in and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. And he's like, here's a Coke. And then as Cameron is like cooled down, he's like, but you know you fucked up, right? Like. (laughs) I'm going to reassure you, calm you down, but tell me what you did wrong to make yeah, me that was do weird. this. Mm. Like, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, this is definitely a toxic relationship between these two here. Mm. So, at least in that moment. I in mean, that moment. He, had, he had the motive of, just, of like wanting the car. So, yeah, motive. So, he was car. manipulating. So, mm. anyways, that was just my least favorite scene. Okay. But I'm sure there are some other scenes I will like in another John Hughes movie. When we get to them. When Taylor will... <laughs> when specifically... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, well, I mean, yeah, I said my piece at the beginning of this. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the only other John Hughes movie I'd probably do is Breakfast Club. That's really the only other one that I grew up with. Yeah, I feel okay, like we yeah. watch Breakfast Club a pretty fair amount. Yeah. Our recorded copy of it recorded with copy. no cussing oh, and God. then you watch the actual movie and you're like whoa <laughs> watch your mouth john bender <laughs> excuse me sir i don't think so not on my watch <laughs> yeah well we don't need to talk about it anymore <laughs> that was the beginning of season two feel good taylor how do you feel about that taylor i feel good guys <laughs> i feel real good you were keep that energy up <laughs> we got 20 more episodes to do <laughs> No, I freaking top five favorite movies. I could watch this movie anytime. Really? Yeah. I just, just something about it. Like it's, it's fun. It's very of its time. Like, like any old movie, not everything will jive with like today's audience. Correct. But I still enjoy it. Really? Top five? Yeah. Interesting. This doesn't even touch my top 100. So this is like, (laughs) I have a top 100. This is like Siskel or Ebert's like favorite movie. I can't remember. Ew, who. really? Yeah. Like yeah. one of them has like a license plate that is like referencing this movie. Are they What? Are they even relevant today? No. Are they alive? No. I don't think anyone knows who they are anymore. Okay. Well, do you want to tell the people who they are? They were very renowned movie critics back in the day. I mean Way back in the day. Yeah, before the internet, you had movie critics reviews in like newspapers. They were like rotten tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> They were like true. two old guys like run. <laughs> when, whenever you saw a trailer for a movie, you would hear, you know, the movie trailer guy's voice be like, Siskel and Ebert gave it a four stars. Is it you Siskel? Know. 
Cisco. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Not Cisco. Yeah. I feel like, yep. I can sing that song all the way through. It's fine. We don't have to sing that Wonderful. entire song. Yeah. Let me sing you a song of my people. <laughs> I like the way the booty go. <laughs> oh, man. Man. So. so, season two, really excited to start it. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited for season two. I think we're going to have a lot of fun things in store. Mm. I'm sorry that Isabel and I did not feel uh, as enthusiastic about this starting movie. It's yeah. fun. Hey. It seems a, to be hey. a common trait with uh, movies that I pick. Uh, not always. No. I loved Warriors of Virtue. But moving on. I still fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for everybody listening, we just want to say thanks for joining us this week. We hope that you had as much fun listening as we had recording. Let us know what you think. Leave us a comment about this episode and past ones on Apple or Google Podcast and Spotify. You can also join us on Instagram at Mixed Movie Reviews. And we'd like to give a quick shout out to Damian Carter for letting us use his song, Just Hanging Out. So I kicked off season two, and now it's singleton's turn yeah it's my turn so this movie i remember very vividly because it holds a place near and dear in my heart one not only the movie itself but the venue that i saw it in okay okay and you cannot see it from this particular place any longer okay okay me 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 first clue what are you first clue Helicopter. I know what it is. Can I guess what it is? Sure. Predator. Fuck! (laughs) Wow. Because. (laughs) Okay. Give us some insight into your genius. She's so happy. She's so happy. That's the first one I've gotten right. Yeah. Because I failed real bad in the other ones. Or Taylor would figure it out and be like, (laughs) I know what that is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Okay, so you said venue mm-hmm. that affect like very memorable, very memorable. Yes, that's it. That's literally what connected me to what movie. So the venue. Yeah, that's what gave it away. Why? What? Uh, it's just whenever. Um, whenever that story comes up, that's what's that's talked what about. talked about. That's what starts the story. Is mm-hmm. where you were, who you were with, what you were. You took a bite what out you of were. <laughs> what you were. <laughs> like, who you were. What and you, what you, what you want. <laughs> okay. And it's so, like, we used to go there all the time as kids. Yeah. So real quick, the backstory to this. We went across the street, because I grew up across the street from Studio 35. In the old ownership, you were able to go and watch movies above the bar area. They had, like, some couches and recliners. So it was almost like a VIP area. We ordered pizza. Todd was with us, our cousin Todd. I remember taking a bite out of one piece of pizza during this entire movie. And he and I just sat just freaking gobsmacked because we were watching this badass movie. Mom and dad were there. But that area you can't get to anymore because new ownership has changed it around. They don't have that that viewing space. Mm-hmm. So it's Predator, Arnold Schwarzenegger, badass is going to take down an alien. 
Yeah. I'm very excited that I got that right. So I'm going to live on that for a while. Congrats. <laughs> Congrats. Mm. Welcome, your- to, welcome to the club. <laughs> what were, were going to be your other clues? That was it. I figured somebody would. Just no. <laughs> um, it was it was that I was going to throw you off with minigun because then you would have said like Terminator Two because he uses a minigun and then Terminator the second Terminator gets into the helicopter. Mm. Oh. Okay. I was going to throw you off with that, but or True Lies. There's also a helicopter in that. It's, it's True Lies. Oh, it's True Lies. Not yeah, lies. you've been saying True Lives your entire life. But no one has... Have you really? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Sorry, <laughs> J.B. You Curtis. can cut all that out. Thanks for something like real dick. <laughs> Anyways, so it was helicopter, minigun. I thought you definitely would have bit on Terminator 2 and um, Scorpion. Scorpion. Nice. Anyways, Predator. Not to be confused with any of the after Predator movies. Mm. The best or one, the first one. Predator. With Chris, <laughs> Chris Hansen. <laughs> you said that. <laughs> but Arnold, Arnold Cookie. What? Yes. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger does catch a predator. Yes. Technically. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So we can't wait to see you uh, for the next episode. Enjoy your week. We'll talk to you later. Bye. 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 Just hanging out. Hanging out. Hanging out with the Ed Mooney is on the front. Rudy. Damn it. I knew it was wrong as soon as I said it. Take your time. Take your time. Isabel. I was thinking. Isabel. Look at me. I'm the captain. <laughs>